Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifted you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Man, we are, we are rounding up this year. Leaving 2020 behind. Going to 2021. I, some people are excited. Who's excited to leave 2020 behind? But in the midst of 2020, there were still blessings. There were still blessings. We can look at this year as this horrible thing, which in an aspect of it, it was. But God was still there. God was still there every step of the way. And it's just a hopeless year for some people. But God is going to show us in his word that in hopelessness at times, the greatest hope arises. And it's amazing what the word of God does. And if you are not reading your Bible on a constant basis, I can't force you, but you're missing out. You're missing out on what God is saying in your life, what God is doing in your life. And um, man, I just challenge you this year. What, what about this year you challenge yourself to read the Bible more? It's the only thing that's really going to fuel you in your life and to your purpose that God has for you. Man, we started a series a couple weeks ago called Hope in the Dark. And we've been going through kind of all the characters in Nativity Story. And I hope it's blessed your life as much as it, it blessed mine. And, you know, I remember this year when we started, it was anticipation of the fresh and the new, you know, the fresh and the new, um, how we can, you know, have a, in, that anticipation of the new start. But then real quick, the new turned into fear, turned to fear real quick. You're good, Jacoby. If you, you keep on playing, I'll, I'll let you play up there all day. You sound great. But when fear hits, when fear hits, my ADD went quickly over there. When fear hits, hope is stripped out of the picture. Because what hope, what fear does, it literally strips hope away. And when we're called to live this life of hope, man, we see these things and our issues more than God's grace. We look at our issues and, and we're like, man, it can, can it get any worse? Can, what, what, can, what else can be thrown in my way? And we miss God's grace in the middle of that. As we enter to the next character, we've noticed that, man, this person has their reality in their moment was shaken with an announcement. I mean, all of us, the reality of this year literally shook us to the core. It challenged a lot of our belief systems. It challenged a lot of our faith. It challenged a lot of our finances. It challenged a lot of our, a lot of our willingness to put our trust in God. It challenged us this year. And here we see Joseph. We see Joseph, Jesus' father, having the announcement given to him. And it shook him to his core. It shook him and he couldn't even handle it. It couldn't even have it. Have you been there before where you have a plan, you're living your life, and then something that is said or a thing that happened literally shook you and you felt it physically? You felt it physically. 
I, I, I talked to people before, and they're going on their day, and, and like uh, somebody that they know that they love got in a car accident, and, and they passed away, and physically their life changed and was shook like that. Living a normal day, living a normal life, doing their, what they had to do on a normal basis. Matter of fact, being faithful to God, and their life was shook physically right away. Have you been there before? Have you been there before? See, if we read here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25, we see the account of, of Joseph. And I'm going to be reading here for a little bit, so just follow me along. I want to give you a little bit of context of what we're going to be talking about today. In verse 18, it says like this. And now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary was betrothed with um, Joseph um, before they came together, she was found to be with child before, um, from the Holy Spirit. And after, uh, and, and, and her husband, Joseph, being the, a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary, your wife, for, for, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and he shall be called his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord was spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel has commanded him and took his wife, but knew, but knew her not until he's given birth to the son, and they called him Jesus. What happens when you are left with two options and both options seem bad? Where's the hope in that? What happens when you are, you are given two options in life and you look at one, you're like, man, that could go really bad. But then you look at the other one, you're like, that can probably go bad too. Where is the hope in that? This is where Joseph is right now. Joseph, being a just man he is, being a good man he was, I mean, he loved his wife. He loved Mary. They were, they were, they were engaged. They were uh, a word that I, I'm going to probably pronounce like uh, wrong 5,000 times, betrothed, all right? They were betrothed in, in, this, in this way. So um, every time you hear me say that, just give me a little grace, okay? Um, the braces are getting in the way. I'm working on it. Um, they were engaged. He loved his wife. He loved his, his, his future wife, and, and he was in a decision of, man, I, I hear what you're saying, Mary, but I know who I am, and I know the integrity I have. If I go this way, people are going to view me wrong, but if I divorce you, they're going to view me wrong too. Two options can go bad different ways. It says here that Joseph was a good man, and the news that Mary gave him at the time didn't match up with his human reasoning. It didn't match up with his, his, his conscience. It didn't match up with his reasoning that he because Have you been there before where God is telling you to do something or something is placed in your mind and literally you cannot physically reason it? How did this happen? Why is this happening? This is where Joseph is. He's like, okay, I understand the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. See, back in the day, in, there was this, uh, essentially three steps in marriage in the Jewish world where Jesus came from. There was first the engagement. The engagement. This could happen when the bride and the groom were um, quite young and they were often um, arranged by the parents. So that was an engagement. There was, then there was a bet 
strodel, okay? This made a, a, a previous engagement official in binding. It made the engagement official in binding. And then there was the marriage. This took place after the wedding and after the B word. Betrothal. So the thing is, Joseph was a just man. He did everything right in his life to this point. He went through the systems of how to marry a woman. He went through the systems, everything right. He followed the rules. He was just just man. He loved his fiance, and it still turned out bad for him. And he asked himself, what the heck is going on? That was in the Bible, I promise. He's like, what the heck is going on here? So what happens when you do all you can, and you're left with a decision that does not make sense? There's a lot of holy people in this place because I, I guess this is for me. I'm a wreck because there's sometimes where you can say, God, I have faith in you. God, I, I, I trust you, but it just doesn't make sense. How you're telling me the, the physical way that to, for you to have a child is to. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what that's the that's. The logic that's supposed to happen. But then here comes Mary. Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But guess what? It ain't no hanky-panky happening here. It was the Holy Spirit. And, he, and him being a just man was like, okay, okay Mary, I'm just get a psychiatrist. You know, like, let, let's, let's figure something out here. You know, it didn't make sense. We can spiritualize this story, which is great. It is, it, is great. it is a miracle that happened. But let's literally think about these people. Oh, what happened? These are real people that happened a real thing. It was the announcement, the spiritual announcement did not match up with his human reasoning. It didn't match up. So what did Joseph lean on in this moment? What did he do? What can we learn that the, the process that Joseph went in in this moment so he can help us in those times where we are like, what is going on? I don't understand. This does not make sense. What can we lean on to find a hope in the midst of the interruptions in our life? Number one, the first thing that he did, he trust the supernatural. Woo-wee. He trusts the supernatural. Mary, a human brought him an announcement, I'm good, I'm, I, I am a baby. And he listened to the announcement, but was still confused. But when the angel came and said the announcement, it confirmed what was happening in the spirit. See, at times, we have to live in the natural, but be aware what's happening in the spirit. We have to, because in the natural, you're like, what the heck's going on? And you're going to counselor, to counselor, to counselor, and every counselor's like, no, there's no room in the inn, all right? There's no room in here. <laughs> I'm not saying not to do those things, but sometimes you have to understand that there's a battle for your soul. 
There's a spiritual battle, battle happening in the spiritual realm for your soul, for your life, and for your purpose. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 clearly says it. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers um, over the, over the pres uh, present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. To deal with a spiritual battle, you have to battle in the spirit. You cannot, you cannot win a spiritual battle in the physical realm. You can't. This, this, some of you are, are new here. You're like, this church is weird. You know what? Well, uh, yes, we are. Because the reality is you might be trying to battle a, a, a spiritual thing with physical weapons. And it ain't working. Because what is birthed in the spirit can only be uh, can only be in the spirit. Ephesians chapter, see, it says here in Ephesians chapter six, it's like we fight the spiritual battle. So how do we fight the spiritual battle in this world? It says it says in Ephesians chapter six verse eleven it says this. This is how you do it. it. Says put on the full armor of God, that you may be stand against the schemes of the devil. And then it goes down in, in verse fourteen. It says about this armor. It says fasten the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, truth. Let's talk about truth for a minute. See, we go to other people for truth and not God. We rather get an opinion than the truth. It literally tells us that to seek truth, to fasten it as a belt that is holding all together. If sometimes if you don't have a belt, your pants are falling. They gone. So what truth does, it takes all of us and just tightens it up so we are not, when the time when we feel like we're going to fall, it strengthens us. Truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of, 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 of readiness of the gospel of peace. Who needs peace in their life? And the shield of faith. And then it talks about the helmet of salvation. See, he says, within the spirit, we have to pray and put our supplication to God. We have to be aware of man's declaration in our life. See, Mary came as a physical being and told Joseph a spiritual announcement. It was true. If I came to my wife today and said, hey, you're going to be a baby. And she's like, how's that going to happen? The Holy Spirit. She said no. It doesn't make sense. A, a spiritual announcement was given to, uh, uh, given to Joseph, and his, his physical couldn't handle it until a spiritual announcement was given to him by an angel. See, I'm not saying that angels are going to speak to you and all this stuff. I'm not saying all that. What I'm saying, there's a difference between Ex, uh, ex, uh, the difference between a physical announcement and a spiritual announcement in your life. See, a spiritual announcement is going to draw you to your purpose, draw you to what's going on in your life. Sometimes a physical announcement takes you away from your purpose. That's why we need to have this thing called discernment. Discernment is in the middle of a physical announcement and a spiritual announcement, and it's us understanding and knowing what God's word says about us so we're not drawn in, in areas that we never should be in, but we're dealing with the battle that's dealing with our soul is in the spirit. 
we have to understand those things in our life. Here, this is where um, Joseph was. Mary came to him, and he didn't understand it until, the, until he discerned things in the spirit. He said a dream came to him, and he discerned it in the spirit, and he accepted the task at hand. We cannot accept a huge calling in our life and a purpose in our life if we're not dealing with it in the spirit. Because if we're not, if we're doing it through the physical, at some point, your physical is going to end and you're going to have to rely on something. See, it wasn't enough that Mary told him. He needed more. And the only way he got more is he got closer in the spirit. So in your quiet time, in your prayer time, man, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come in our life and to transform some things in life and for him to direct our life. That's the only way that we can go from physical to more in our life because the spirit is flowing in our life. The Holy Spirit is not a, a, like a, a, a crazy thing. The Holy Spirit is not like a spooky thing. He's not like, boo, I'm the Holy Spirit. No, it says he's our comforter. He comforts us in times of need. Maybe the thing we need in the next aspect of this next chapter in 2020 is get in the spirit more. Is ask his Holy Spirit to direct our life. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but their divine powers to destroy strongholds. We destroy every argument and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take our captive's thought in Christ. We operate in the natural but we discern in the spirit. See, another thing that Joseph did in this moment is number two, he trusts the word. He trusts the word. We, he not only experienced the words, he trusted the words. I have a question for you. Do you really trust the word of God? Do, do you really believe that it's good? Do you really believe that it's true? Or are you just living on what grandma and grandpa and, grand and mom and dad just told you to do about the Bible? Because if it's not real to you, if it's not real to you, if the Bible, if we don't accept the word of God, if we're not accepting his word, we're only accepting religion. And it's two different things. If you don't accept his word, you're only accepting a religion. And religion doesn't get you saved. Religion doesn't get you through those times. Religion doesn't get you in, 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 in the spiritual world. Those, the religion doesn't get you through those hard times. Only the word of God does. And if we're not activating his word in our life, man, we're only falling on the things that we grew up with in Sunday school. When Sunday school becomes a lifestyle, things happen in your life. Things change in your life. When we look at these stories as just not stories, but as like things that can really affect my life and that I can walk this thing out in, man, it changes things in your life. Things activate, blessings come in your life, the provision comes in your life because you're activating the word of God, which is truth in your life. His word is the nutrient we need in an unhealthy, sinful world that we live. If you're not going to his word, you're only getting bits and pieces of what the blessing that God has for you. Blessings not in material things. Blessing comes from the word of God. Stop looking at Jesus as a genie in the bottle. He ain't from Aladdin. He's not blue. Thank you, the three people. Josh, you're always my ride or die. 
We, because the thing is this, we look at Jesus as this, I need you today. But if you don't bless me, then I'm going to try to do it on my own. Well, what if the thing you need, you think you need right now is not the thing you need? But you have to understand these things that if it's not a part of my life, is if not activating my life, maybe it shouldn't be in my life. Let me talk to some college students today. You're trying to manufacture something that God has told you to wait. Something is not worth it without a wait. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to find this next person. You're trying to find this next thing. But what if God just wants you to grow? And you're missing the blessing of growing in you and trying to find somebody else to fulfill something that you're never going to fulfill without his word. Until you're complete, whole, we have to understand that God is working all things for our good, but it's not just a good, catchy slogan. It's truth. Let me ask you again. Do you really believe the Bible? Do you really believe the Bible? I think we don't accept the word of God sometimes because of a couple words. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says like this, all scripture is breathed by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, and correction, and training in righteousness. And a man, a man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. I think we don't accept God's word because of two words in that scripture. It's called reproof and correction. We just want the Bible to make me feel good. I just want the feeling good stuff. I just want the, like, the Jeremiah 29, uh, uh, he has a plan for me. Yeah! I, I, I want, but how about the one that says, you know, pick up your cross daily and follow me. See, we don't, we don't truly want to really believe this thing, if we're honest. If we, we truly don't want to believe this thing because it's going to correct us. And it's going to cut through us. And it's going to strip us open at times and make us be vulnerable in life. We don't want correction. We just want to feel good. I'm going to tell you right now, Axios Church is not a church for you to feel good. I love you to feel good sometimes, but to be honest with you, if you're not, here's the thing. If you're not getting corrected, you're not growing. And some of you are like, I'm changing my membership to. <laughs> it's not about just a feeling. It's about growing in God. But correction challenges us on a daily basis. A life without challenge is not a life worth growing the word needs to hurt at times if the word hasn't hurt at in your life uh, lately you ain't reading it right because sometimes i'm reading i'm like nope nope i want to do that you, i see my bank account nope tithes whoa yeah, I think I, I think we skipped over that verse. It's like you're reading, you're like, and, and the Lord said, "Get no, oh no, chapter twelve." <laughs> we have to understand that the Word of God is our direction in our life. 
And, and Joseph here listened to the word that was given to him, the promise that was given to him. And, and the word of God challenges us. It challenges our thought process. It challenges our will. It challenges our direction. But through the challenges, it gives us the ability to trust his word because his word through the challenge is lifting us up, is benefiting our life, and is pushing us to hope, an unshakable hope in our life. It's pushing us to say less of me and more of him. See, Joseph in this moment, he followed in the spirit. He trusted the word. And number three, he trusts the process. He trusts the process. We're all in process. I don't believe anybody's ever going to arrive. But you're just in process. Ah. I know, Joseph, I know that this is not an ideal marriage, but I'm going to use this marriage for my glory, says the Lord. Uh, how about this? I know in your life that the situations are not ideal. I know that, that, that it's not ideal in your life, but what if God can use that mess for his glory? I know that you might not know the answers. I know that you don't have everything uh, um, planned out. But what if God wants to you to use what you have for his glory? See, I don't hear, I don't, you don't hear much about Joseph really in the Bible as you move forward in this. But here, there's a spotlight put on one thing in Joseph's life. He was obedient to trust the process. Obedient to trust the process. What happens when God tells us to trust blindly? Joseph, there's this magical thing happening of a baby and the Holy Spirit. Trust it. That's what the angel said. Hey, trust it. He said, okay, I trust and I move. I trust the process even if I do not understand it. Joseph, you're going to have a baby? Okay. Joseph is going to be from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, Joseph, somebody's out to kill that baby. Move to Egypt. If you read here in, in Matthew, in verse 13, it says, And now they departed, and behold, an angel told him to Joseph in a dream, Rise and take the baby and their mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, because Herod is out to search for your child to destroy him. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Had the baby. Great. Holy Spirit. Okay, great. Now that baby, you guys got to leave your hometown because somebody's out to kill that baby. Oh. Okay. He kept on. Okay, now, now that you're in Egypt, now I need you to go back to Israel because that's where you need to go. Okay, verse 19. But then when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in the dream to, um, um, in, in Egypt. Man, jo Joseph's having a bunch of dreams here, okay? It said, rise and take the child from your, uh, with his mother and go to the land of Israel for who has sought to kill your child uh, life is dead. And he arose and took the child and his mother into the land of Israel. Was reigning over Judea. He placed his father, who was his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew and went to a district called Galilee. So now here's the thing. 
He goes and says, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to Egypt. They stay in Egypt. Now I'm going to go to Egypt. God says to go to Israel. So he goes to Israel. Now he gets fearful of the, of the son of the one that was supposed to kill. Now they're in Galilee. He trusts the process all the way. I would have went crazy. But how did Joseph do it? He trusts the process. God, if you're telling me to go to Egypt, I go to Egypt. I might not understand. I might be fearful, but I'm going to Egypt. God, you told me to leave Egypt? I'm going to Israel. Okay, let's go to Israel. Oh, stop! Go to Galilee. Anyone been there before in their life? See, we have to understand that there was a process that Joseph had to go through to fulfill the promise of being Jesus' father, but brought him to a place to trust the first announcement that the angel gave him. The only way that he trusts the process is when he trusted at the first announcement. And that promise was fulfilled. Jesus was here. So, dang, this is real stuff. So if he, he fulfilled this promise, the next thing that he has for me, I can only trust the process that God has for me. See, we have to have an attitude, God, wherever you send me, wherever you want me to go, I will be there. Wherever you send me in this process, I will trust the direction in my life because the promise you have in my hand is worth trusting at the end. It's worth it all. It's worth it all to trust him. There was an old song as I... As I close. It says, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> but it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. We need to trust in the spirit, what he's doing in our life. We need to trust his word and what he's directing in our life. We need to trust the direction, the process that he has for us. It gave Joseph the hope to say, whatever you want to do through me, God, do it. You are, he's calling you to that same thing today. And all of this, trusting the angel's announcement, Jesus being fulfilled in, in, in a baby, him listening to the words and trusting the word and trusting the process, all of that gave him the hope to move on in his life. You want hope in your life? Do you need hope in your life? Do you need hope today? Do you need to have your identity change from lack to purpose as Mary did? Do you need to jump quickly to what God is doing in your life like the shepherds did? Do you need the help to trust the process like Joseph did in your world? Do you need hope? Let me encourage you through his word. Because I can give you all these words and, and try to manufacture hope, but the only hope you're going to get is in God. Let me, give you, let me give you a little hope today. Here's a promise that he has. You are loved. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, but God shows his love for us. And while we were still sinners, he Christ died for us. Another promise God has for you is that you are chosen. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who has called you out of the darkness into his light. Here's another promise he has for you. You are redeemed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him, 
We have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of that, uh, that for our trespasses, according to his riches of his grace. You are favored. Psalms chapter 5, verse 12. For you are blessed, uh, for you are blessed the righteous, O God, and cover him with favor as a shield. You are blessed. Psalms chapter 146, verse 5. Blessed is is who helped is in the in God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. You are healed. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we are healed. You have an amazing future in God. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, for a future and a hope. You want to have hope today? Go to his promises. I just gave you a few. I can go for days of the words that God speaks over you. But today, you are loved. You are chosen. You are redeemed. You are favored. You are blessed. You are healed. And you have a future in him. I don't know about you, but that gives me hope to be in the crazy world we're living and to stand and say, I'm still a child of God. I'm still a child of God, and I can operate in hope in my life. I might not understand it. I might not comprehend it, but I'm standing on the word because that's the only thing that's going to take me forward in my life. Every head bowed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.